Football MX Network production. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's Industry Seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Fly Racing, Blends All Racing Motor Oil, Works Connection, Plum Creek Funding, 612 Suspension, Fast Foundry, and Pro Glow. Welcome, everybody. It's Sunday morning. It's kind of weird. I usually say it's Sunday afternoon, but it is Sunday morning. I am in Arlington, Texas. I'm at the hotel. Just got done with uh, whatever round that was. I don't even know. The first Arlington residency round, as they say. It's going to be a quick turnaround. We'll be back in racing action on Tuesday, so I wanted to get this podcast out because really you only have today and tomorrow to listen to it. But interesting night, which we'll get into. We will talk a little bit about the 250s, the 450s. We will do, of course, the power rankings. First, I want to thank the sponsors, though. Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Pump Creek Funding, Fast Foundry, Blenzall, Works Connection, Risk Racing, Premier Vapor Blasting of Georgia, 612 Suspension, Pro Glow Wash, which we will be doing an interview with Ryan Humphrey from Pro Glow Wash this week. Grant Stone Boots and Fly Racing. Thank you to all them, and I'll have some promo codes, as always, for you guys later in the show. Well, let's get into this thing. Seth Hamaker, your 250 winner. I did not see that coming. I mean, as good as he was at Orlando, I didn't think he was going to go out and win the race. And I, I struggle to say comfortably, because if you're watching close in the beginning, it looked like Jordan Smith was going to make this very interesting and maybe get a win. But, unfortunately for Jordan Smith, he did what Jordan Smith seems to do and make a big mistake, a few a few mistakes, really. He got really lucky with the first one going off the side of the track, then doubling over tough blocks to get back into the track. And then he makes the, uh, the, race, the, the mistake that ends his race trying to hold off McAdoo there. And for those of you that play Pulp Mix Fantasy, it's uh, just a brutal experience overall. But watching Jordan Smith there... I had him on my team, and I know many of you did too, and you're just waiting for the mistake. It's almost just an inevitability with him, and he's so enticing because he can get you a podium, right? I think if he gets around Hamaker there, maybe he goes on to win the race. You know, if he can get a little lead, he feels comfortable, I believe, with his teammate back there. He knows his teammate's not going to take him out or do anything stupid. But, alas, he makes the mistake. Then I think he's in a little bit of a panic mode with McAdoo behind him just because he already made one mistake and he can see a podium slipping away. And I think that track was just a little bit slippery for him too, right? He he likes to ride on the edge and that track would bite you if you took too many chances, which we saw over and over again, guys just ending up on the ground because they were over-trusting the front or rear tire. Jordan goes down. And then Hamaker has this huge lead, which really nobody ever even challenged. Uh, Hunter did not have the pace to really challenge him. So, I, I mean, incredible night for Hamaker. I saw him uh, and his family at dinner on Friday night. And, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I don't think they had any sort of expectations of going into Arlington and winning. But that's exactly what he did. He got the job done, and kudos to him. Nice, nice ride. 
and we'll see where he can build from this. You know, I don't think really the championship's in the cards for him, but to come out in your third race ever and win, uh, especially for a guy who really the expectations weren't there. You know, he was kind of held out. He was put on the bench. He had shoulder issues, then uh, Epstein-Barr, and, and just really wasn't ready until this year. And again, like I said, I don't think the expectations were there. I think he was just, hey, let's give this kid a shot. Hopefully he pans out. But when you're continuously keeping someone out of racing because they don't, you don't feel they're ready, to have them win their third race ever, either you made the right decision <laughs> to hold them out and get them ready, or you were just wrong all along and he's a racer. And we see that. Some guys are just better when... When the gate drops, they step up. You know, during the week, they don't have really the form or world-class form. But when the gate drops, everything kind of changes and they rise to the occasion. In any case, Seth Hamaker is for real. I think he's proven that. Uh, he went, he won his heat race and won the main event. There's not much more you can say than that. So we'll move on. But great job from him. And, I, and I'm really excited to see what he can do on Tuesday. Because now, you know, the expectations are going to go up. You know, there's no pressure but expectations go up because you just are coming off a win and now your team and everyone else knows you can do it. So how do you respond to that? How do you come back to the next round and follow up on that or at least just, you know, put in a, a solid ride, get near the podium top five. I think that really solidifies everything you just shown. Of course, you want to go win the second round too. I, I'm not saying he can't, but it's just a lot to ask. Of a, of a rider in his third, you know, going into his fourth Supercross ever. Hunter, we mentioned briefly, nice ride. You know, nothing, uh, there was nothing exciting about his ride, per se, which I think is what he wants. I think he wants the steady Eddie rides, because he needs more of that. It's just really been an up and down uh, situation his whole career in America. You know, Moto wins, but then lots of DNFs too. So just putting in solid rides that get him on the podium are exactly what the doctor ordered. You know, I don't think his trip to America has really been a success story as of yet. You know, there, there were very high expectations, and I apologize for using the word expectations so much. I'm going to really try not to. But, you know, he came in with a lot of hype, and people were saying he was going to win right away, and, and he did win motos. And I was one of those guys that thought he could really do a lot of damage outdoors right away. It just wasn't the consistency that you need if you're going to be a championship contender in this class. <clears throat> so to see him really step up his Supercross game, coming off a big injury, which we saw last year at Paula. You know, we saw Jet's emotional interview at Paula because he knew his brother was due for another shoulder surgery. And that's a multi-month injury. And that was the last thing that Hunter Lawrence needed. But hey, he's back. He is absolutely ready to do damage in this class. Will he find his first win? Maybe. I mean, it could have easily been last night. Seth Hamaker makes a mistake at any point in that race, and Hunter's right there ready to capitalize. So I like the improvement I'm seeing from Hunter. I'm sure he is feeding off of his brother's success too, which is crazy, right? Uh, you know, his, his younger brother is, is definitely the story. And I don't think that Hunter Lawrence is Jet Lawrence. You know, they're just different styles of riders. Jet is so dynamic, and most of the time he's on the racetrack, he's the fastest guy. But there's a lot of risk and a lot of uh, variance that comes with Jet, where I think Hunter is 
a little bit more even keel. I don't think he's willing to take some of the risks that Jet is. And I don't think he's just I don't think he's as talented as Jet is either. But he is still a phenomenally good rider. Uh he's he's gonna win outdoor motos this summer. I'm I'm sure of that. Uh but I, I just don't think Supercross comes as easily for him. You know, where Jet you watch him and you're just like he's just oozing talent. So they're they're a little bit different, but obviously both great riders that both already got podium finishes this year. So we'll just see how Hunter's development continues, uh, but I, it was an impressive ride on a track that really demanded respect, and you had to approach it a certain way. Cameron McAdoo and Justin Cooper. Mac, listen, McAdoo got it done. He he didn't win the race. He kind of blew the start, as did Justin Cooper, but when it came down to it, he beat Justin Cooper, which is the goal. If you can beat Justin Cooper each time out, I believe you will find yourself as the champion. That's all it takes. You don't have to win races. He did get on the podium, which is awesome. But I don't even think you have to do that because I I think this title comes down to those two without fail. Those are the two title contenders coming down the stretch. So if you're McAdoo, just focus on Cooper. Take the wins when they're there. Stay on the podium like he did. And great things are going to happen for you. Now, conversely, Justin Cooper... I don't really know what to tell you because I, I thought he would be better than this. He's not riding poorly. I mean, he's your right in there at fastest qualifying. He looks great on the bike, but I just think it's the starts. He is a rider that's always, always, always been great on the start his entire career. Right out of the shoot, you know, as an amateur, then right into the pros, he was hole shotting. And when he doesn't get the hole shot, I just don't think he's quite as effective. And that's poor analysis. But what I mean by that is I think he is the Jeff Emig, Michael Lessie style rider where they know how to race from the front. They know how to manage a race. They know how to keep people behind them. Vince Freeze is the same way. They've been at the, they've been at the front their entire career. So they're very comfortable with that. And that's where they're able to uh, exude their, their best skill set. They haven't had to pass guys their whole career. You know, for your older guys like Michael Rocco, uh, there are, there are just guys in this sport that Eli Tomac, perfect example. They've really never been a great starter, so they've had to develop this highly uh, potent way of passing and charging late. And that's just not what I feel Justin Cooper is good at. You know, he's doing okay at it. He's he's had to the last two weeks. He's had to figure it out, but I just don't think that's where he shines. So let's see if they can figure these starts out. Uh, I think it's critical for him to be the champion to get back on track with his start. So I, I'm sure it's a focus for them. I'll try to ask Will Hahn about it. Uh, I, I should have done that this morning, but it's early while I'm recording this. So I talked to Will quite a bit. And uh, if I get some information between now and uh, the next show that I bust out, I will, uh, I'll share that with you guys. But it's certainly an interesting talking point. And I, I know it's something that they have to be have to be working on. Uh, it's just so, so, so important to what Justin Cooper does well. So that's it for the 250s. Like I said, I think it comes down to McAdoo and Justin Cooper. I still am leaning towards Justin Cooper, but McAdoo's, he's winning me over a little bit. I just think we're going to see some big mistake from McAdoo. And he's such a nice kid. I don't, I don't mean that in a negative personal way. He just has so much evidence to the contrary of inconsistency that I think it's going to rear its head at some point. I just think there's going to be a crash or some sort of big mistake at some point that, uh, yeah, makes it difficult for McAdoo to be the champ. But we shall see. 
Now, as for the power rankings, we're going to jump into those in a minute. I do want to mention a few of the promo codes. I do want to thank Pirelli Tires. They're helping so many privateers out there in this uh, in this sport. They have Garrett Marchbanks in the 250 class, who is uh, kind of their big gun. Um, they do have Justin Brayton, who is battling back from injury. Mitchell Harrison had a good ride on Pirelli Tires last night. Had to go to the LCQ, but then fought back for an eighth-place finish. And then made him, it's a good ride. So thank you to Pirelli Tires. Pump Creek Funding, I want to mention these interest rates. And if you follow finance, you notice that the 10-year and the 30-year interest rate are they're creeping up. And that's the number one worry for anybody that is a market analyst. Now, these interest rates go up. That's, that's going to be the indicator for a rise in inflation. And then everybody starts freaking out. Now, do I think that the the panic button is being pressed a little early by some of these people? Yes, I do. Uh, but some of the money gets redirected as as bond yields go up. They start redirecting money out of the stock market and into, uh, you know, this safe haven of bonds. And you're like, uh, how can you make money at you know 1.6 percent? Well, they're starting to shift money, right? They they're taking billions of dollars and shifting them into bonds, expecting those bond yields to go up you know, over 2% towards 3%. Now they can start making some reasonable money and getting easy returns on large sums of money. And then there's, of course, that inflation risk where your money is worth less. That's a big, big problem. And that's all this money printing that's going on with the Federal Reserve. That's the worry is that inflation goes up. We go back to what it looked like in the 1980s. Your money is worth less. Your buying power goes down. Interest rates go way up to try to offset that inflation. And there's just this nasty downward spiral that we get. So keep an eye on that. Point being for Plum Creek Funding is if you're going to buy something, if you're going to do some sort of refi, my suggestion, and this isn't sales pitch, this isn't anything, this is just me trying to give you the best advice that I can give based off the knowledge that I have. And I I can't even tell you the amount of studying I've been doing over the last year. It's literally been my primary focus outside of my real job is to learn about finance, learn about market indicators, what moves markets, how the financial world moves in you know, relation to current events and what the Federal Reserve does, what international markets do, and, and why these things happen. Because if you can understand why something happens, you can start to understand, you can see one thing and how that's going to, you know, what, how A is going to cause B, right? If the Federal Reserve does X, then probably the world is, this is going to happen to it and, and stock market's going to go up or down. Inflation's going to go up or down. That's, I, I just think it's really critical to understand how money works so you can make the best financial decisions for yourself. So having said all that, really long, long-winded, you need to act now. If you're in the market for something, if you own something and your interest rate's pretty high, you need to get it down now because those interest rates are going to go up. May not be today, tomorrow. They're already starting to creep up. It, now it's not going to jump to 5% tomorrow, right? But you know, that's where we were. We we're in the four, between four and 5% back in like 2017. We're going to go back there. Again, it may not be today or tomorrow. We are going back there though. You cannot print this much money. This is brand new money. 20%, over 20% of all of the currency in America was printed last year. That's a crazy number. And there will be some sort of effect off of that. And it's likely to be inflation. It's likely to be higher interest rates. So make your move now, get your refi done, get your purchase done and lock in those super low rates. Guts Racing. Thank you to those guys for coming on. Go check out all the cool things they have. You can customize your graphics. You can customize your seat cover. You can make your bike look badass just how you want it. 
if I have had a bike, which I need to go get, maybe I'll get some cool industry seating graphics for my, uh, my 2021 works edition Honda that Chris Kiefer has for me, but I would check those out. So let's jump into these, uh, these power rankings real quick, and we'll come back to some more of the sponsors and some more of the promo codes. Now at number 10, and, and I should preface this. So going into these power rankings, if you are not racing, if you're out of the race and you didn't race Saturday night, like Zach Osborne, like some of these guys that are hurt and missing, you're not in the power rankings. Adam Cincerillo. Uh, that's just a rule I've made moving forward because let's face it. If you can't, if you're not healthy enough to race, you're certainly not going to beat any of these guys in the top 10. So in the famous words of Chad Reed and many others, you got to be in it to win it. So at number 10, I have Joey Savacci and Joey's really come on. If you've noticed his starts have improved significantly, great starts all night last night, and it's putting himself in better position uh, he hole shot at the fake hole shot in the afternoon during qualifying. Then it's, he started at the front all night long. He actually had a chance at a better start. He uh, he made contact with somebody in the first corner and lost like three or four spots. But at the end of the day, I don't know how much better he was going to do than seventh. I feel like that was probably the top end of his range with his pace anyway because he kind of got shuffled back by a few guys there. Uh, so seventh place is a, is a great ride for Savachi and a nice building block to work forward from. Dino number nine, and I don't know where Dino starts came from, but that was impressive. I mean, he, he whole shotted both the heat and the main event. And if you know anything about Dean Wilson, his starts are usually hot garbage. Uh, it's, it's been a, a really tough uh, thing for his longtime friend and mechanic, Paul Parabinos, who I'm, you know, super good friends with. I was in Paul's wedding. Uh, Paul is one of the best starters I've ever seen. You know, if Paul would have made it, you know, continued on with his pro career his starts would have been one of his biggest strengths it just always got him to the front and I think watching Dean struggle on starts just drives him insane but whatever Dino had figured out last night let's see if he can keep it going because he nailed both of those starts last night and uh, I I was a little bummed to see Dean fade back to ninth by the end of the race I'm sure he was probably bummed too but he got the whole shot he led laps Uh, it's a nice stepping stone forward he just needs to Needs to figure out those 21 minutes and keep himself near that top five. Marvin Muscan at eight. He did not race the main event, but you look at he was the fastest qualifier. Uh, he was, you know, battling for the lead in the heat race. And I think he'll be back for Tuesday. I talked to the Red Bull KTM mechanics just this morning, right as I was coming to record this podcast down in the lobby of the hotel. Uh, he's okay. He just did, he did not pass the concussion protocol. Uh, he did get uh, some stitches in his arm, but it was I guess it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't very deep at all, uh, so they're not very worried about that. Uh, he just he's got to pass this concussion protocol before uh, before Tuesday. So you know I've gone through that a few times myself. It's basically this test where they throw a lot of different information at you. You have to react quickly. Like uh, a question will pop on the screen, and it says you have these options like a a color on a screen will pop up and you have to click the color as fast as possible. And that score is judged against a test you did however long ago, right? You have, you have to set the standard when obviously you don't have a concussion. And then they use that initial test that you probably did a year ago, two years ago, whatever. I took it back in 2012. Okay. So if I was still racing, they would have that. It's called a baseline. They would use my baseline score versus the score that I'm recording on that night right after I've taken a hit to the head 
and they would compare those two. And if there, you know, there's some sort of Mendoza line there where if you are slower than that, you don't pass. And that's obviously there's a ton of data and research to develop this test. So I'm just guessing that he was uh, a little bit too slow. And that's based off of your reaction times, which is how they judge whether you should be back out there or not. I don't know all the science behind it. I've just been a part of these tests and I've taken the tests. And I know that's really the, uh, the telltale sign is your reaction times or how they gauge uh, how bad of a concussion or if you have a concussion at all is probably a better way to put it. So I think Marvin will be back out there. Uh, if they were even considering letting him back out there last night, I'm going to guess the concussion wasn't too severe. So let's hope he bounces back quickly because, of course, the series is better with uh, with Marvin Muskan in it. Number seven, I have Mookie. And if you <laughs> if you haven't seen him trying to take out Jason Anderson, go back and watch it. And I think it was warranted because – Jason Anderson has been getting really aggressive with these guys, and I think I think everyone's sick of it. Uh, you know, he takes out Ferrandis, which wasn't super dirty. He bumped Mookie out of the way, which wasn't super dirty. But it's a cumulative effect of Anderson getting really aggressive. If you watched him take out Marv and Orlando in the heat race, like there are all these you know incidents that are piling up and piling up and i think guys are seeing it and like okay i'm i'm done with you dude like you make contact with me i'm going to go for the kill and you could see mookie that's exactly what he did i mean you can't square up a corner and hit somebody that hard without having serious intent like it was pretty clear what mookie was wanting to do he wanted to blast jason anderson right off the track unfortunately he got his angle wrong he hit anderson in the in the rear of the motorcycle with his front wheel and it's just usually not going to work. Maybe you get the guy, you know, maybe you get Anderson to fall in that scenario, but you're almost always going to go down because you're going to high side over the back of his motorcycle, which is exactly what you saw. And then Anderson just keeps going. If Mookie had hit him, you know, let's say six inches to a foot further forward, he hits him right in the center of the frame center punches him and it changes all of the physics that go on, right? He gets much more of a direct hit, which would have sent Anderson flying high sidewise, right? He would have flown towards the outside of the turn, but he just didn't get enough of, uh, you know, enough contact, right? He just didn't get enough to reach a tipping point for Anderson and, and, you know, breaking down the physics of how to take someone out, but there's a lot to that. And, And all those things are happening in a flash of a second. Things are happening so quickly. Mookie just mistimed it a little bit. If he gets a little bit lower in the turn, hits Anderson more in the middle or in the front of the bike, you just see this massive impact, and both of them probably end up on the ground. But it could have gone where Mookie is stood up by that impact because it's much more of a solid impact instead of a glancing blow. And that's really what Mookie was going for. I think think he wanted to hit Anderson right in the center of him which would have stopped Mookie dead in his tracks, but it would have just sent Anderson off into the concrete where Mookie ended up. So it just didn't work out. I doubt it's over. I'm sure Mookie's still really pissed off. I have a strong feeling that the Monster Star Yamaha guys as a whole are super pissed off because two of their guys ended up on the ground thanks to Jason Anderson. So I have Mookie at seven still. His riding is is great. He was up in the mix. Uh, He just, yeah, his finish sucked because that incident with, uh, with Jason Anderson. At six, I have Aaron Plessinger, and I don't know what's changed for Aaron Plessinger, but he's turned it up. 
great ride, fifth place, wins this heat race, qualifies well. Everything is going right in the world of Aaron Plessinger. You see the personality has come back. He's larger than life right now. And just like I just, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if, you know, this bike's better than last year's bike. You know, they have different guys tuning it. Maybe it's just a confidence thing. Maybe it's uh, just a, another year in the 450 class. I, I can't tell you what the answer is. And honestly, I don't know that he could tell you what the answer is. My guess would be that the bike is better. Because if you look at all their guys, Ferrandis, Mookie, and Plessinger, they're all riding really well. Now, all the results aren't good. Ferrandis keeps crashing. Mookie crashed last night. But they are all riding extremely, extremely well on a bike that hasn't always been kind to you know the, this class. The, the 450 Yamaha has been really tricky for a lot of guys to master. And these guys seem to be finding uh, finding some consistency and lots of speed on it. So just watch for that to continue. But uh, I really, really like what I'm seeing from uh, from Aaron Plessinger. Now, a couple of these promo codes let's get into. Works Connection. You can go to at Works Connection. Go to worksconnection.com to get all of your needs. They have all kinds of great items there. I would recommend the Pro Launch Start Device. If you want to get great starts, you're going to get them with a pro-launch start device. You wonder how Justin Cooper and Ken Roxon, all these guys get great starts all the time. I can tell you that the pro-launch start device has a big part of it. Of course, there's talent involved. But there is a reason that these factory teams choose the pro-launch start device. It's the most reliable. It's easy to use. It comes with great instructions. You don't have to be some sort of mechanical engineer to put it together. And that, that really means a lot to me because I suck at stuff like that. And I could do this if I needed to. So... Check out Works Connection. The promo code there is JT21 at checkout and save yourself some money. Risk Racing, that's some pretty cool items. If you've never been there, check out the lock and load. Check out the ripper roll. It's a it's a uh, activated, hand-activated, like Bluetooth-style roll-off system. That's a really cool idea. You don't have to, you know, reach your hand up and try to find that, that string pull for a roll-off system. Go to riskracing.com. I got to talk to James over there at uh, Daytona, which is really cool. They just have some of the most unique items, I think, of anywhere in the industry. And uh, I, I think that's really kind of their niche is they go look and what's missing. What What is this sport and what are, what are consumers not have? What are they not being offered? Okay, let's go engineer something up for them. The promo code for Risk Racing is JT dollar sign. It's JT money, but with a dollar sign used and use that at Check out his JT dollar sign for riskracing.com and at riskracing on Instagram. Premier Vapor Blasting, you mentioned the podcast and you will get 25% off all of your Vapor Blasting needs. And if you are in the bike restoration biz, like a bunch of my friends are, Steve Mathis, Max Steffens, lots of people are restoring bikes right now, getting them dialed in and some of this downtime because of coronavirus. Premier Vapor Blasting can handle all of those needs for you. Just mention the podcast, ask for Brandon over there and they will get you dialed. Now let's jump into the next rider on the power rankings. And that's Jason Anderson at five. And I'm torn on Anderson because the riding has been spectacular. But I don't love when guys just go in and knock people out of the way. I'm not a huge fan of that. I know some people, some of my friends are like, yeah, whatever. He just wants to win. I get it. You're not wrong. But I, I just don't like, I don't like that style of riding where you just go in and the only way by is to, to make contact. 
And it, that hasn't been every pass. I, I'm not trying to say that, but I've just noticed a tendency with Anderson to be a little overly aggressive at times and, and to make contact when it's not always necessary. And I was just never that style of rider. I hated making contact. I wanted to just, you do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Let's all race forward and let's get the best result possible. Instead of all of this confrontation where Mookie's flying off the track and Plessinger's on the ground and all these things. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it has to be a part of racing. And I usually responded to it uh, with force, just like Mookie was trying to do. I hated it. And I usually let my feelings be known on the racetrack. So Anderson's riding well, obviously gets a podium at Arlington one. I listen, I think he could win one of these. I really do with the, the speed he's showing the aggression he's showing. If he gets out front, if he whole shots Arlington two, I absolutely think he can win. I think he can go with Cooper. I, I think he could absolutely do it. This style of track, this style of dirt suits him. He rides it well. He's patient. He grew up in New Mexico, and this is this is that kind of dirt. It's deserty, it's slippery. You have to be patient, and I just think he he kind of sees the track for what it is. If if that makes sense, you know, it's like a golfer; they can see the lay of the green. That some guys just can see it better than others. And I think when the dirt gets like this, when it gets tricky, I think Jason Anderson uh, his his just best skill set shines. So let's see if he can follow up this podium. Let's see if he can find a win. But I, I think we're in for more of the same. I just think you're going to see Anderson at the front. Number four, I have Justin Barsha. Great ride from Barsha. I didn't see that coming. Second place, uh, he's usually a rider that kind of benefits from lots of traction, lots of ruts. So when you have a track like Arlington that rewarded patience more than aggression, that doesn't necessarily scream Barsha to me. But he overcame all that. You know, he kind of just held his own, but got it done. I mean, he really didn't have any pressure. Jason Anderson wasn't able to close the gap. And that's all that really matters in the end is, is getting on the podium. You know, I'm sure he wanted to win, but I don't think that anybody was going to be, uh, um, what's his name? Cooper Webb. Yeah. That, that guy, I don't think anybody was going to beat Cooper Webb last night with that start and, and the way he, I mean, he got out to the front right away, just bumped, Dino out of the way and then it was just like all right see you guys like this is over I don't think anybody had any doubts of who was winning that race halfway through the first lap and uh so for Barsha to get a second and just I think that was kind of the the best he was going to do you know if Wes Cooper crashes he maximized his night on a night where I didn't really think that was that was coming so good job for Barsha he needed a ride like that and, uh, yeah, I, I think Barsha adds a lot of excitement to the series. Not always in a good way, but excitement is excitement nonetheless. And, uh, yeah, Podium, let's see if he can back that up. I, man, I don't know, because I think you're going to see Roxon bounce back. I think you're going to see Tomac get in the mix. I think Anderson stays up there. So there are a lot of guys that could certainly foul that plan. But regardless, the results are in the books, and good, good job from Justin Barsha. Let's talk about Blenzol a little bit. Blenzol oils is everywhere. If you guys noticed, Jerry Robin had some pretty unique gear on at Arlington 1. He had Blenzol custom-built gear. It's a pretty cool idea. Uh, I really like those guys. Uh, David Over from Blenzol. They're, that's a cool idea. Like They're super aggressive in their marketing campaigns. And I think you should give Blenzol a look when you need your oils. Go to Blenzol.com. Go to at Blenzol on Instagram. They have so many tried and true products that 
your 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 dad probably used, right? They they've been around forever and ever and ever for a reason. And they're getting much more aggressive to bring that that brand back to infamy. But I, that's all I would ask. Go to the website, go check the things out that maybe maybe you've moved on to another brand, right? They because Blenzol just kind of fell off the map for a minute, but they're doing lots of things to change that. They sponsor Michael Lessey. They sponsor MX Vice podcast. They sponsor this show. They sponsor one of Steve Mathis's podcasts. So they are kind of everywhere for a reason, and that is to earn your business. So check out Blenzol.com. 612 Suspension. Mention the podcast there. Get 20% off parts and labor. And Ronnie Monk has been in this industry his entire life. He is a second-generation suspension builder, and I... I've known him most of my life. Great people. They know a lot about this sport. He's at the track literally two or three times a week, testing, rebuilding suspension. So he is so immersed in this sport. Uh, He could talk to you about whatever your needs are, whatever your skill level is, whatever the application is, street bike, side-by-side, off-road, motocross, whatever. He can get you dialed. So go to 612suspension.com, at 612suspension on Instagram. Mention the podcast, get 20% off, and they're a race tech affiliate, so you never have to question the quality of the work, the quality of the parts. You know that race tech name, and you know that you're getting the quality associated with that. ProGlow Wash, the promo code there is MOTO15. Going to talk with Ryan this week. I need to set up which day we're going to talk, actually, but I just want to learn a little bit, a bit more about the history of the company, how this product is formulated, so I can share all that with you. Now, we know this is a power sports specific wash, right? So if you, whatever the case, similar to 612 suspension, whether it's a side-by-side, a street bike, dirt bike, whatever, use something that's specifically formulated for power sports. Get that road grime off, get that hard to wash off dirt, right? Some of you, you know, we've all been there. We ride these tracks that the dirt has just this weird uh, pH balance, I would guess probably is, that makes it very difficult to get off. Like it just leaves some sort of grime or residue from the dirt, or maybe it just discolors things if you don't wash it quickly. So that's why it's really important to get something that is built for that, like a ProGo wash that's going to get it back to that factory shine. The promo code there again is MOTO15. And you can check out ProGo wash on their website, which is proactionfluids.com, which is the, the parent company. So go to proactionfluids.com to use that promo code. Moto 15. And again, we'll have uh, we'll have more information from Ryan Humphrey this week. Also want to mention Grandstone Boots. Got some new boots, uh, what, 10 days ago? Got to wear those out on uh, on the off weekend we had there, which was really nice. But GrandstoneBoots.com, to me, I don't know how you can build boots any better. And, I, and I've been kind of looking at the competition just to see what else is out there. And I'm telling you, the quality, the craftsmanship, and just the look of Grandstone Boots is... The highest level I've seen, and I'm not a a uh, casual boot expert, but I just go off the eye test, and I have several pair of Grandstone boots, and I kind of look at what else they're competing against, and I could not recommend these any more than I am right now. So go to at Grandstone Boot on Instagram, GrandstoneBoots.com. If you work in an office environment, you like to go out to nice dinners on the weekend, why don't you get some really nice shoes to wear? Your uh, your wife, your girlfriend will be like, oh, honey, you're really stepping up your your look here with Grandstone Boots, and it helps out a great moto-centric company. Of course, Fly Racing 2, I don't have any promo code for you, but awesome company. Our kinetic mesh line will be coming out in the coming weeks, so check that out too. Now let's wrap this up with the last few. Now number three, Eli Tomac. 
And this is what I was worried about. This is what we kind of talked about on some of the shows. I was scared he was going to go go back to his average. And if, if you guys want up to the minute, uh, last minute coverage before the race, I do this Patreon podcast uh, every race day morning. So I'll be doing that again Tuesday morning. It's patreon.com slash industry seating. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, kind of a weird word, but patreon.com slash industry seating. I talked about Tomac and I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to continue on with his Daytona form or if we were going to revert back to the mean of what we had seen all season. And we got exactly the latter. He went right back to the form that he showed at Indy, the form he showed at Orlando, where he's just this decent race winning capable, podium capable, but some off nights to level guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want this to come out as like, I'm not condemning him. But again, we're talking about Eli freaking Tomac here. We're talking about the defending champion. We're talking about a guy that's won almost 40 supercross races. He's won a ton. Is he won 40? Is that right? I I, I want to say that's right. But he's won a ton of races in his 450 career. And for him to go out there and kind of flounder around, I just don't... Yeah, he has one close to 40. Uh, That's just not what we're used to seeing from Tomac. And I don't know what's up with 2021. Maybe it's just this continuation of a breather that he took after finally getting that championship done in 2020. But ever since then, whether it was last summer or whether it's been this spring so far, winter and spring... He has not been that same guy. And maybe it's just the, the start of a decline. Maybe he's never going to get back to that level where he's just always the fastest guy. And every time he gets a good start, you just assume he's going to win. And every time he gets a bad start, you assume he's going to rip through the pack. Maybe that's just gone. And that day comes for everybody. You lose the edge you've had over everybody for several years. You can't It can't continue on forever. You can't just be always be the fastest guy no matter what. Even a guy like James Stewart in his final few years was not the fastest guy anymore. He he wasn't. There You would see flashes of it, but week in and week out, there were guys that were faster than him. And maybe we're seeing that from Eli Tomac now. It's too early to tell. I'm not making that claim. I'm just saying maybe that's tr- the transition we're headed towards. I still have him at three. He's still, I think, I believe he's third in points, but... Uh, it's just not the same Eli Tomac I'm used to seeing, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20. This is not that Eli Tomac. Now, Ken Roxon. Oh boy. Uh, he's going to need to turn this around and turn it around quickly because I do not like the trend we were on, uh, right now. Uh, I do not like what I'm seeing from him mentally. You know, when, when somebody starts talking about, you know, I'm only thinking about myself and I'm not worried about anybody else. Uh, you're thinking about everybody else. That's you're trying to talk yourself out of thinking about everybody else, and you don't have to convince me, Kenny. Like I, I don't care. I don't care if you're thinking about Cooper Webb before you fall asleep. You can be thinking about him, you know, in your private moments. I don't care. But when you're trying to convince me that you're not thinking about him, I just feel like you are thinking about him. And last night wasn't good. That was not. A good race for Ken Roxon. Big mistake in the heat race. He crashes. I don't think I've seen a crash from him this year yet. Like That was really the, the biggest mistake of the season for him in the heat race. Then the main event, kind of more of the same. 
didn't really ever get going. And man, he's he's going to need more than that. A sixth place in the main event is not going to get it done, Kenny. Not when you're dealing with Cooper Webb, who is hitting on all cylinders right now, and everything is clicking for Cooper Webb. You cannot go out and get sixth. Can't do it. And he did. So we'll see how he bounces back at Arlington. Uh, Arlington two. Going into the race, I really thought he was going to win. All week throughout the week, I kind of kept saying it on shows and, and he made me look silly, but I did, I did change my tune on, we do this fly racing radio show at every event in the pits before the night show. And if you want to come check it out at any of the races upcoming, please do. It's at the fly racing WPS area, but I said Cooper was going to win. I didn't like what I saw from Kenny. He didn't look like the same guy. And I just, he just looks like he's a little bit frail mentally right now. And that's crazy to me. He's so damn talented and so damn fast, but I just feel like Cooper's in his head some right now. So we'll see how he bounces back at Arlington too, if he can if he can wipe all that out of his head and just get back down to business. But he certainly was not there. You know, he just wasn't in that same frame of mind that he had been all season, and uh, that's a dangerous place to be with what six rounds to go or whatever are left, uh, six or seven, I don't know. But he's got to get back to that that race-winning form that we saw Kenny at earlier in the season. Number one, Cooper Webb. And what more can you say about it? that race? Uh, he got out front. He did everything he needed to do. He's really unchallenged. And I kind of saw it coming. That's why I, I changed my tune a little bit going into the, the night show is because when I watched him ride all afternoon, his form in the corners was legendary. I, he was turning lower than anybody else on the racetrack by, I'm going to say two to three feet. And I think that some of that's bike setting. Some of that is what the KTM does very well. And some of it was just Cooper himself. But as that track broke down, as it got worse and worse, as the main event went on, the ruts got deeper and rougher and the traction started to go away. I knew that Cooper would be able to turn inside of all those corners. And that was the key for me to pick Webb uh, pretty confidently to win was that I just knew that that ability to turn inside of all the everyone else's line like if if uh, Roxon and Tomac and whoever else you want to throw in there Anderson were turning in the lowest rut Cooper was able to turn lower than them in a brand new line he was able to create his own rut and as the track gets worse that's that's really really important because he can stay out of all that garbage and he can continue to Break hard and accelerate hard in nice tacky dirt where all those guys are in these beat up janky ruts. And, you know, obviously getting the start helps too. You get you put yourself at the front on the first lap. Life gets a lot easier for you. But uh man, just great performance by Webb. Everything's looking good for him. He has the fir- the red plate for the first time this year. And you know that Cooper Webb Cooper Webb he feeds on confidence. He is a guy that when you give him confidence, look out because he's already he already is confident anyway, and he believes in himself more than most people do. And now if you have everybody believing in him, it's a really tough dynamic to deal with. So look out if you're anybody but Cooper Webb. I think uh, I think we're in for a little bit of a run here. Now a couple things that that's your top ten. A couple things to watch for. Is this over for Eli? Is the series gotten away from him? I say yes. That's for him to decide, but I think it's over. I think Anderson could win one. Uh, If he gets out front and 
you know, we know that Cooper Webb doesn't really care about Anderson as far as series-wise, so I don't think he's going to try to get into any sort of confrontation with Anderson. So if Anderson's out front looking to win, I don't think Webb's going to do anything stupid to uh, to try to offset that. So I think Anderson could get a win. He's got to get the start, though. Uh, Chase Sexton is improving. Nice ride from him. Certainly a lot better than he was uh, at Daytona, and I, I just watch for him to continue building. Watch for him to get better. Confidence comes back. His shoulder's still healing, but I think Chase Sexton could surprise us at one of these rounds moving forward. And the most critical aspect of this entire series is I think Kenny has to rebound on Tuesday. This is the this could be the most pivotal round of the series for Ken Roxon is this Tuesday. Quick turnaround. You know, Saturday's race is still fresh in everybody's minds. If he can wipe that out, if he can offset that and go get a win, and I'm not saying he has to get the red plate back. I'm just saying he needs to go out and beat Cooper Webb and show Cooper that he hasn't thrown in the towel, he hasn't broken him mentally, and Kenny's still here to fight for it. I think we're in for a series, but if he lets Cooper go win again and Kenny gets us, you know, even a second, but even you know, like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that. Uh, I don't like the way that's going to go for uh, for Kenny down the stretch. So, I think that's the most critical storyline of the race is is Kenny bouncing back in a big, big way on Tuesday. So uh, that's what I'll be watching for. That's the most uh, you know. We'll, we'll do a race review tonight. I'll be writing uh, my breakdown column that's on racerxonline.com here in a, a few minutes. And we'll, um, you know, any of the fantasy shows, that's what I'll be mentioning is how does Kenny bounce back and the importance of that for this championship. I, I Again, a lot, a lot of racing to do, but I think uh, this Tuesday round, I think, could be the most pivotal race of this championship series. So thank you to all the sponsors. Thanks for listening. If I get time, I'll try to do a quick update for industry seating. Again, Patreon uh, podcast on race day morning. So I'll be doing that on Tuesday morning and then again on Saturday morning if you want last-minute info, rumors, fantasy advice, things like that. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. See you.